What's up everyone? Today we're wrapping up this discussion talking about running for fat loss and we are going to be talking about how to deal with injuries, uh, namely the runner's knee and how to avoid it. This is something that a lot of people experience when they start running and we're going to teach you how to avoid it. What's up everyone? Uh, we have a good crew today. We've got Rad across the table. Phil sitting next to me and Richie behind the camera. We are Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System. We teach driven people how to become athletes. Uh, how is everyone today? Pretty good. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird looking across the table and seeing a small child looking back at me with, you know, Rad's shaved his beard and he's got his, he's got his hair down. It just no. looks so different, <laughs> mate. You got like, yep. takes the ears off. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I, I should it. do it more often. Um, but yeah, like, uh, Rad just said that he's, you know, we're wrapping up this week's talk of running, but special announcement, tune in Monday for a very special Physio Monday feet podiatrist yeah. uh, edition of Physio Monday, talking all things running. So That's right. We um, have a very, we very special guest on the show. We can announce it now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, today, like we'll be talking kind of a big sort of overview of um, running injuries, but then we're getting, um, yeah, one of the, the best people I could think of to possibly have on the show on Monday, which is my old client and now uh, friend Tom DeCanto, who's uh, been a marathon Australian marathon hold, uh, champion. Uh, he's gone and represented Australia at the half marathon world running championships. He's done six foot track uh, trail running mar ultra marathons. He's like an absolute gun, um, and he's an amazing podiatrist. And yeah. so he's yeah. going to come on a Monday and and really do a sort of deep dive. So for your real specific questions about. Um, running stuff, then he'll be able to give some great insights. And he's also a total shoe geek, so if you like, you know, <laughs> shoe geek. Your, like, I hope he's read Shoe Dog. Oh, mate, he's, I'm sure he has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can have a so, talk about yeah, that. Yeah, very exciting. So, hour. yeah, today um, we'll be doing a good sort of overview of some, like, um, you know, injury, like, big picture prehab strategies, and then Monday will be the real nuts and bolts of the specifics. Yeah, perfect. So today... So uh, Phil's found a way to extend his favourite topic into another yeah. <laughs> week. And then right. Tuesday, I've yeah. got... Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Uh, now, what I want to uh, um, get out first before we get started is question of the day. I want to know if anyone has experienced any sort of injury from running. What happened and how did you treat it? Did you fix it? Uh so question of the day, to running? put it simply, yeah, that's right. Did you quit running? Have you ever taken up running, uh, whether it was for fat loss, fitness, or to do an event and were discouraged by some kind of an injury, whether it's diagnosed or non-diagnosed, maybe we can help you with that today. Get it up in the comments and uh, we'll see if we can get a good discussion going because everything we talk about today is going to help pre-frame Monday's show with special guest Tom on the show. Uh, we're all looking forward to that. What we're talking about today is specific. Um, we're going to steer it towards running for fat loss because that's what the series was all about. And this is a very common issue people have when they start running. We, we sort of pre-frame this this week. When you've added a few kilos or you maybe have had some time away from exercise for whatever reason and you start up again, uh, it's very hard to manage the <coughs> volumes, to manage the intensities. And we tend to go far too hard. We tend to just focus on 
the cardiovascular stimulus can we run until we're puffed out but we don't really take into too much consideration how the sort of anatomical structures are coping with that run especially if you've gained a bit of weight most runners fail to condition their bodies with proper strength and conditioning resulting in painful injuries like plantar fasciitis which my mum suffered really badly from this exact issue achilles tendinopathy shin splints which i know rad has had before and runner's knee which i've had and i don't know if richie may have um suffered that too have you suffered any running related injuries yep, Phil? absolutely so let's go around the table first and see if we can uh get people thinking about their own injuries by talking about ours let's start with rad how did you get shin splints rad uh, i was uh, dumb enough to join the australian army that's how i got <laughs> shin splints <laughs> and they just make you run and run and run and run and i'd never really run before and um, haven't run since <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah. no that's not true I've done quite a bit of running since but it's just not something but I do yeah and you've seen me you've, you've no, commented no. on it I'm, I make a point of running in the very very least for my lower body workouts for the cart the 60 seconds of cardio to warm up I do shuttle shuttle runs and when I do my cardio my high intensity cardio circuits I always put shuttle runs in there um, I don't give a crap about the variety, but the, I know that the gait pattern is so important. And if I don't do that, then I'm not doing any running. Um, so there's my my four, four or six minutes of running a week, but it's better yeah. than nothing. And again, infinitely more than none. That's so. exactly right. Yeah. But anyway, in the army, it was all just uh, steady state. It was all, lo uh, they call it LSD running in the army. Um, and I always laughed at that, that they co actually called it LSD. Um, <laughs> that's literally what they call it, but it's long, slow distance running. Um, and uh, so we did uh, down at Kapuka in basic training. We did um, everything is progressive in the army. They do do that well. And you run, I think we ran like once a week or twice a week. And you start with like 1.2 Ks and then 1.8 Ks and like that. But nonetheless, by the time we got up to Townsville, you start running in boots. <laughs> I can't tell you the funny story. Quickly, I didn't know Richard from a bar of soap, man. I did not know him. And <laughs> We get out, we get out on parade, and he was—he's—he's he's always been tall, right? But he didn't have much muscle on him then, so he was big, tall, and lanky. And we get out there, and he couldn't find his running shoes. He was the only person in the platoon, and he gets out there in these tiny little PT shorts and his shirt on with his army boots on. And the PT instructor looked at him and went, "What are you doing?" Mate? And he goes, "I couldn't find my." my PT boots sergeant and he made him wear his army boots for the next week when we all went running it was so oh, funny no. I'll never forget it and I can see Richie trying to give me the wind up here but anyway so I went um, after running in military boots I, I developed shin splints and uh, I got it for um, after six months of running uh, and then I went on leave for three weeks and I came back and I never got them again I uh, and I've had runners knee as well but I got rid of that with strength training and conditioning I've had both I've had um uh, I got really, I'm only just remembering it now, hearing your story. I got such bad shin splints when I was boxing competitively and we used to do a lot of running and skipping and skipping really fatigues your calves and we just weren't managing the amount of volume we were doing very well. I had a very old fashioned trainer and we did a lot of running on a, uh, we used to do our warm up sprints and, and shuttle runs on a basketball court, on a concrete basketball court. And that coupled with all the skipping that we were doing, um, yeah, I, it shattered my legs and I got really bad shin splints. And oh man, I remember just how um, 
how hard it was to get rid of because I didn't want to stop my training, yeah. you know. I think um, shattered is a really interesting word you use there. And it's, I, 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 if you've listened to me talk before, you know how much I kind of care about the words that are used. And I think yep. it's like the, the, the word shin splints has kind of done more for like, I don't know, mentally getting in people's head than like, if they just chosen another word, like splints just makes it sound so horrible. <laughs> like if it sounds it does, like man. your shins are splintering and falling apart and people yeah. get freaked out and yeah, that will turn yeah. them off running forever. Um, and so I guess just a bit of information on what shin splint actually is. Um, there's like, uh, we'll probably get Tom talk about it because he's, you know, much more an expert about this sort of stuff than me. But um, I, I, I think about it in like two ways. Either you can get total overuse um, kind of compressive injury. So if you're just doing like hardcore running day after day after day and you're not giving yourself adequate time to um, uh, respond to it. So just think about your bones as if they're muscles. They respond to stress, they respond to impact particularly, and then they'll send more osteoclasts, which are um, bone growing cells to that area, and they'll build up um, that um, that particular part of bone and make it stronger. But if you keep on just doing lots of impact, lots of impact, and you're like doing the breakdown, but you're not doing the build up, and if there's, you know, mineral deficiencies, so like calcium can, you know, is obviously the thing that builds the bones instead of protein in the muscle example, um, then that can lead to a breakdown, but it's very unusual and it's usually related to people um, who are, you know, way, way, way overdoing it or maybe people, um, women who have like the female athlete triad, which is basically yeah. you get amenorrhea, so you, um, your period stops, you're mineral deficient, you're under eating um, and, and, and kind of totally underweight, like that's often the thing. So it's yeah. not usually that one for people or if you've got osteoporosis or osteopenia, that's maybe more relevant for the people running for weight loss. But um, the other thing that causes the medial tibial stress syndrome, which is what we call um, shin splints, shin splints yeah. is basically the muscles around your foot, uh, just like we, you know, I guess make it uh, relevant to people in this group. Uh, when you think about all our grip muscles and our hand stuff that people get golfer's elbow, the same thing kind of happens at your feet. You've got all these muscles that um, support the ankle, support the foot. You've got these arches, lots of arches in your feet that are doing all this support. Um, and all those muscles will get fatigued, but those muscles don't stop at the foot. They go up your shin and attach into the inside of your shin. And so at the point of contact with the shin, um, that attachment site can start to get really stressed. And bone, as I said, is really good at taking impact forces, but it's not very good at taking lateral forces. So it's that pulling and that impact on um, like this distraction forces rather than impact force that it really starts to get aggravated in that kind of periosteum, which is this um, connective tissue that wraps around the bone, attaches the muscles to there. That's what gets super inflamed and will cause a lot of pain. But it doesn't necessarily mean your shins are splintering and falling apart. And if you take another step, it's all going to... Oh, that sounds a lot better, though. It's just like disastrous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Da, da, da. Can't run half shin splinters. <laughs> yeah. I reckon uh, what you just described sounds pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> But Look, I, 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 at the time, because I, w I went in and got diagnosed, and you, and you couldn't touch. I remember, like, you could not touch my sh the the, in, the inside of my shins for a while. It was just so painful, and um, it, it probably because I didn't really stop boxing. I didn't stop training. I didn't stop skipping. I started to wear compression on my shins, which helped a little bit, and changed my footwear because I was doing my shuttle runs in my boxing shoes, which have very little support, and that you know. But um, yeah, look, it, uh, eventually I think what got rid of it was just eliminating that. Um, I, I couldn't s skip for a while, couldn't run for a little while and just took it a bit more easy, you know? Yeah, but it very much affected you because when you were sparring, I couldn't jump around in the ring. My knee pain, however, 
came from running. I just started running. I started running a lot and uh, I had a very bouncy stride when someone actually who knew a bit about running looked at me. They were like, man, you spend more time in the air than you do on the ground, like um, like literally up and down. And I had a bit of a, a, a crappy running style and that's just seemed to load up a point in the knee, which was uh, referred to called the patella tendon, which became really inflamed. And uh, it was really, really painful. But as soon as I changed the way I was running. So for those playing at home, think about your uh, touch your kneecap. And if you go along the top border where your quads touch in, that's your quadricep tendon. So it's basically your quads are attaching into um, the patella bone there. And then below it is that little like, you know, a couple of centimeters, but like, you know, kind of blocky tendon. That's your patella tendon. So yeah. that's a... And yeah, it, uh, as soon as I changed my running style and I think I bought some new runners, it pretty much fixed itself. It mm. went away. I did a lot of knee rehab though, like a lot of uh, vastus medialis um, uh, strengthening. I did a lot of quad strengthening. I did a lot of glute strengthening, a lot of calf strengthening and a lot of hamstring strengthening. And that's when I took my lower body training a little bit more seriously because up until then, as a boxer, I was paranoid about weightlifting for lower body because you don't really want to put weight on. So having big chunky legs just didn't seem logical to me because I didn't want to go up a weight division. And the weight division above where I was at was a 10 kilogram weight division from 81 to 91 kilo, which is a devastatingly scary thing when you're only 82 or 83 kilos and you're you're fighting someone eight at 91 kilos which is the majority of people in that weight class they're much bigger than you so yeah i just avoided leg training and then i realized well i've got to strengthen the muscles in my legs yeah so if you went back what would you do differently now like i would start by strengthening my legs yeah and and understand that it's actually a lot harder to put mass on than i used to think you yeah. know i used to think if you touch a weight like most people you just gain muscle mass and i then try for 10 years tra- trying to gain mass and I think I put on three kilos <laughs> like it's that's a I laugh I laugh so hard when in, and it's happened again recently when I've talked about eating protein and and making sure that you're maximizing muscle protein synthesis and a couple of girls in the class have said oh but I don't want to get bulky and I just laugh at them yeah. and say I say, really? I say, I'm a man. I've got more testosterone than you. I'm perfectly genetically geared towards putting on muscle. And I work my ass off and eat like a truck. And I'm lucky to put on a couple of kilos of muscle. You don't have any worries. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, not going to bulk well, up. It won't sneak up on you. It's like, not going <laughs> to happen. Yeah. It's, it's not gonna very happen. difficult to do. And I didn't know. And, and the other thing is, at the time when I was boxing at my most um, competitive, which let me be absolutely clear, I was not a very good boxer. I, I trained like a good boxer, but I was n- never good enough to make anything of it. But I used to do about 30 hours a week of boxing. And uh, I reckon for that period of my life, which was around 14 to 16 years with a couple of breaks throughout there, uh, I lived in calorie deficit. Now that I understand uh, the concept of calorie surplus, calorie deficit, um, metabolic balance, yeah, that's why I couldn't put on weight because I was burning so many calories with the amount of training I was doing and I wasn't eating much at all, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so I would not have put on muscle. So, yeah, to make things straight up, I would have just completely forgotten that, that that notion of, oh, God, I'm going to put on weight and have to go up a weight class and I would have just trained my damn legs because now I know all force and power is generated from the legs anyway. Yeah. Can, I, can I just, I've got to throw this out because my buddy Tyson, um, from who's still in infantry, are you still in infantry? You didn't answer this for me yesterday, Tyson, or did your core change? He's saying you will be happy to know, Regin, that we have moved away from LSD. We do a lot more MAS work. What's MAS? 
I don't think I ever heard that when I was in. The ability to hold a high heart rate mad with minimal ass, distances. Mad, mad ass, ass shuttle runs. <laughs> mad, mad ass sprints. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I, that's what I, it is. I now really you hope that's first. what it yep. is. Defense has also incorporated strength days for PT with compound movements. Still a long way to go, but getting there. Love the work, guys. Thanks, mate. What, what are MAS and what core are you in these days, Tyson? And how many pineapples do you get at work every week? <laughs> Shut yeah. up. Um, and so Diane's got a, um, a comment here as well saying, in my ignorance, I gave myself shin splints when I exercised in trainers uh, with arch support, not really that my feet pronate outwards. A hard lesson learned and to set arch support in uh, shoes was the new big thing at the time. Um, so I think it's an interesting time to like then bring things back a little bit about what are the factors that will most likely cause um, running injury because there's quite a few different factors to think about and so um, one that we've been talking about a lot this week has been about programming like so total distance amount that you're running uh, how intense you're running how you're structuring your program how you're structuring your rest um, and that's definitely one big sort of macro um, thing that's exactly the same as when we're talking about strength training and same with strength training it's really it really matters how you do it. and lots of people um, and exactly the same th thing is true for running and a lot of people uh, never think about how they run they yeah. go out They've just developed some running style as a kid, and you look at you know videos of yourself as a kid, and you got like the like legs flopping all over the place, and your hands kind of wiggling around fast. And then people just keep you know running. They go to school, they they you know play games and whatever, and you develop this particular running style that's very particular to you, and you never think about it again. And then you go out for a run, and you're like, oh, just running. I'm just not a natural runner. Like I don't <laughs> running is not for me. Like I, my my body just doesn't do running. And then like you look at your, like look at your technique the technique totally matters and it's 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 one thing that i i really got um struck with when i was playing competitive ultimate frisbee and you know I'd, there'd be lots of filming about games like national championships or whatever and then i'd like be like oh who's that person on the oh no that's me oh no <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. isn't like, that the worst when you're like look at that and like i'd been oh, quite a, like i'd been a solid <laughs> i'd been like running was kind of the, one of the things that i was like I would I would often be able to run for longer in my like going through high school and, and, and primary school like I'd go to you know cross country championships and whatever's like I was fast but man my style was just ridiculous Terrible, and it kind of yeah, yeah. really came to a point where I, I started tearing my hamstrings every like a couple of months and I'd never had any hammy problems and then um, I started working with this year running coach down in, in Canberra who'd worked a lot with them they kind of feed her into the Australian Institute of Sports system uh, lots of rugby teams and, and he's like mate no wonder you're tearing hammies. Like, look at the way you run. I was like, yeah, I never really thought that I could like change that. And so what I was doing, which was really, you could pick me on the video, was I had really long strides. I'd get a lot of rotation through my hips, which would be driven by my arms, which would be doing these crazy like straight arm swings. So with running, you ideally kind of keep your, your elbows pretty tucked, but I would straighten out my arms each time. And so that rotation in my upper body would then mean I'd get more rotation and over striding in my lower body. And so I'd be putting my hamstrings on like explosive sort of, you know, um, full range on each step and so um the first step was actually uh holding onto two piece two little leaves in my hand and just because with your the way your brain is very like uh it, it pays a lot of attention to touch and so i had to hold these leaves and then that, that made me think about my hands while i was running and then you just keep the um elbows tucked in my knee my elbows at a certain angle and then suddenly that down the whole chain stopped my um over rotation and then I had to think about where my foot was placed and, and there's a whole bunch of stuff I did weeks and weeks and weeks yeah. of training with him but by the end of it like you'd, you'd see a video of me at the beginning and see a video at the end it's like that one of my most interesting um, things that we did at uni was like talking about how humans are really good at pattern recognition and you can they, they were looking at with running and walking particularly the way people move people humans are really good at identifying from very little information 
a person. So basically they got like um, dots on um, on people as they walked. So like on the hips, their knees, their ankles, whatever. And then the people you cared about, you could tell who it was by just the dots. And yeah. then they started removing the dots to see how many points of contact it was. And it got down to like three, you know, parts of their body with a dot. You could tell just by the way, like their rhythm, the way they moved. It's super interesting. So humans yeah, have this wow. real innate ability to identify people like that. and. I was really conscious of that when I looked at the way I ran before and the way I ran after. It was completely different, and that yeah. comes down to technique. Yeah. People never think about running technique. And yeah, you should. <laughs> this is, it's, a, it's a it's an interesting topic be- of conversation because you know you get taught. You, you certainly benefit from being taught how to bench press properly, or how to squat properly, or how to deadlift properly. But you don't really think yeah. about oh well, maybe I should get taught how to run properly. Yeah. And I had a similar experience. Uh, when I started running with a very competitive runner and he had done heaps and heaps of work. I did a lot of little athletics when I was younger and I got sort of coached to run back then. So I probably wasn't as spaz as you could be, but I certainly wasn't efficient at running. You know, I wasted a lot of energy in the way that I ran. And uh, then running with someone who really, really knew how to run and had been coached heavily at the highest level to, to run quickly you know, he sort of, um, a few tips and pointers and all of a sudden, like we ran together doing a hundred meter sprints and I would get to 60 meters and I'd be gassed. I Mm. would have wasted all of my energy and the way I ran was just really inefficient, you know, Uh, whereas he would just power through and uh, in the last 40 meters pull away from me immensely. And after a few um, small pointers, I could do 80 to close to 90 meters at full tilt without losing my um, uh, my yeah. force, you know, my energy. Yeah, it's just like bar line in, you know, when you're lifting weights, like it's exactly the same. It's, it really comes down to movement efficiency. And just because we're, um, you know, fairly low on time and we don't, because uh, we've got to get the, onto the online coaching call at 9.15 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to get to my third sort of major point about what causes running injury, and that is the actual strength of the systems involved. So we've talked about, you know, big macro, um, you know, how much running you're doing, rest, all that stuff. Then also the technique of how you're doing it. So in weightlifting, that would be, you know, how you're squatting, deadlifting makes a huge difference, getting your bar line efficient, same with running. Um, But then the last thing is the actual sort of structures involved. And and we've talked about the other day with with runners, they, you know, will just run themselves ragged and then they'll feel sore and they're like, oh, I just need to stretch my, like, I just haven't done enough stretching. But no, your stri- your, your structures are weak. Yeah. <laughs> like, they need to be stronger and to maintain the kind of effort that, you know, you're doing with running, you need to get all these th- three parts right and the strength is so often and, underlooked. And what structures are we talking about? Car- yeah. Like calves, hammies, quads? Exactly. Glutes. So it starts with the feet and a lot of people talking here with plantar fasciitis and, um, you know, arch issues. Like, you need to have strong feet as the... Um, you know, that's your point of contact with the ground. Uh, arch support and shoes that have arch support, like they do it for you. So if you've only ever run in that and then you try and run in anything else, you're going to be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, how you get plantar fasciitis and shield pain, um, and uh, shin splints is that you suddenly put, like if you're running in, in military bu- boots that like you've been used to having a bit of arch support and then you have nothing and you start running, suddenly all these muscles that control the feet are now totally overworked and that causes that um, you know, similar to the golfer's elbow, but on the medial shin. Yep. Um, so that attachment site um, aggravation. But then going up the chain, um, one of the, yeah, your calves have a huge role in how much anterior shear you get in your knee joint. So the knee, um, you know, it mostly, mostly is a hinge, but also it's like a little bit of rotation. And with every joint, like we talked about in the shoulder, you also get glides. So the glides are often one of the things that start to cause the most issue. And it's like those slow onset of pain things where you, 
it's a gradual onset similar to people who get shoulder pain where you're not controlling the ball in the socket like i've talked about so much the same thing happens at the knee and if you don't have the strength in the muscles surrounding your knee then you're going to have a much harder time controlling that knee um which then means on the inside of the knee you've got your uh, meniscus so that's the um the cartilage that sort of acts as a bit of a shock absorber there and you've got your um your ligaments so acl pcl mcl and lcl so all of these are passive structures and if your muscles aren't strong and they're not working together then all of these passive structures will get overworked just like i've talked about with every other part of the body they'll they're your backup systems but now they're coming your like primary um shock absorbing and support structures and that's why people you know can get arthritis and like all sorts of knee issues and think that running's bad for them but if you have your active structures doing the job and you strengthen them in a way that's going to you know be replenishing and build up that capacity over time then it's one of the best things you can do and last off sorry is also the hip and the hip has one of the biggest sort of roles in this as well because your knee alignment is so much related to um, your hip strength so yeah. unless you're getting your ankles knees and hips all working together and they're strong and can maintain it that's when you start to get issues and that's where i fell apart um i've had a whole bunch of running injuries but like years ago and but the main one was when i was playing world championships in italy it was really muddy um so a big stability demand and i didn't have the hip strength to kind of maintain it and so i started getting yeah lots of anti uh sorry lateral knee pain which is like itb insertional pain it felt like a rusty knife getting stabbed into my knee joint oh, nice. um yeah, yeah i was like i have <laughs> broken something this is horrible yeah. but yeah it turned out that it was just a stability issue because my hips were so weak so i wasn't doing proper strength training at that time the um particularly the lateral hip movers that my knee ended up getting a lot more of the sort of rotation so dodgy ankles where they were like really mobile dodgy hips that they were too mobile so my knee in the middle as the hinge were suddenly having to deal with a lot more movement and that meant the passive structures were overloaded and sore whereas if you have strong hips if you have good balance through your ankle and your knee hip and ankle are all working together then you get this really nice hinge joint that doesn't yeah. rely on its passive structures i'm con rent. i'm continually <laughs> <laughs> well not a rant it's a knowledge no, that's bomb good, yeah. um, i'm con continually amazed as to at least from my perspective who who is a personal trainer and who understands exercise and programming Actually, how simple the the basic rehab process is over and over yeah. again. It over and over it just comes back to or prehab or prehab just becomes They're the strong. same thing. Like um, after not only having like there's three practitioners that I've worked with that have had a big impact on my knowledge, which is you, Tom, and Leroy. And notably, when it comes to injury rehabilitation, it's been Leroy and yourself. And like. I go in thinking I'm going to get told like, and I've now successfully rehabbed a torn meniscus, slap tears, um, golfer's elbow, tennis elbow, issues with my lower back, um, a, a lot of injuries. Hip flexors. Uh, yeah, hip, yeah, a Just lot of things. Disgustingly tight hip flexors. Yeah, but, and it, and it, when I, I feel like I'm going in to get this like knowledge bomb of some crazy thing that I've never thought of before. And it's like, no, no, just strengthen these muscles here and you'll be fine. And I'm like, yeah. really? It's just like that. And that's why our, our rehab programs work so well. Because well we tend to overthink things. But yeah. look, yeah. I want to just reinforce yeah. before we get um, through these last couple of comments and uh, get over onto the um, online coaching group. Because we the, literally this, have three minutes. Yeah, this is the thing. You know, if just, just because like running is simple in nature, but complex in reality, if you have not run all your life, like if we grow up running, which most of us do, and then we carry that habit through our lifetime, then most, most likely you're not going to run into problems. But if you start to take up running for fat loss, 
in, in, in your late 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and you haven't run for a long time, the chances are that your lifestyle, the fact that we sit in chairs, all these sort of things that we've, we've probably been a little bit more sedentary than we would have been as a child, your body will need to start strengthening these structures again. And it's and running isn't going to do it for you. You know, Running will be part of the process, but running in, it, in and of itself can also become the problem. And that is a really, really big, important thing that you need to take into consideration. If you are going out to start a running for fat loss program, which is a fantastic idea, I urge you, I urge you to consider what we've said here today, which is to strengthen the structures in your legs first or in conjunction with a good running yeah, program. So I can do a really quick summary of, of what I said. So basically, big picture, get your programming right run the right amount of times, change, like have variability in your what you're doing through the week. Step two, think about your technique. Potentially, if you really want to get into running, like just watch some YouTube videos to start with, you get a lot out of it. Um, but, you know, work with a coach potentially, someone who's really good at their running uh, get analysis. And three is just like we do in strength training, uh, you do the supplementary exercises that are there to support um, the structures and really build up their capacity. So you got to think about that with your running. And if you're only doing running, you're only giving them one type of stimulus and they're not going to respond. You're not going to get, um, you know, increased strength and endurance and, and, and capacity for those muscles. So make sure you're doing strength training. So it's just those three big picture things and you can start to now use all the knowledge that you've gained from uh, what we talk about in the strength training world and then bring that to, you know, how you approach running and every other exercise because it's always these sort of main things. So yeah, absolutely. T- macro load technique and then the micro um, loading strengthening stuff. Absolutely. So. Uh, what and yeah, just l- one also last thing, sorry. Um, yeah, ba- I really liked what um, Rad sort of summed things up there. It's like, why is it? It's, it's like weirdly simple. And that's kind of the thing. You, you go to get a diagnosis and it's like, a, it sounds like a very specific thing and it, um, and it sounds scary and it sounds like it needs something really fancy to fix it but so much of this is just a system dysfunction so if just like the shoulder where you like you know if your rotator cuff muscles and your scapula and everything aren't working together you get an expression of pain but if you train the system it works well same thing with the knee we've just got to get like those big fundamental things right and then often yeah it's not the specific but rather getting all that general stuff right and it's almost frustratingly simple, but it means that you just have to do the hard work and yeah. you need to do it consistently. Nine so. times out of 10, possibly 10 times out of 10, if you strengthen your glutes, quads, hamstrings, calves, and the muscles to support your feet, runner's knee won't be a problem. Yeah, and for the specifics, make sure you do tune in on Monday with Tom because he'll yeah do a deeper dive in the yeah, stuff and I'm just excited to, yeah. We're Unleash very him excited on, to have on the a audience. great guest and that fourth seat around the table filled on Monday. So Rad, yeah. in one minute or less, Talk a little bit about our flash sale this weekend. Well, we're doing the knee rehab program because we have had a bunch of people reach out to us and ask us what they do about their runner's knee or about knee pain. And we um, didn't get through too much today because we we, we answered lots and lots of other great mm, questions. mm. So, but yeah, if you've got uh, knee problems or you want to prevent yourself getting knee problems, and if you don't have knee problems and you want to, you know, go running, highly recommend this program. Um, It's it's one of those um, tools in the toolbox that are. Um, man, I wish I knew this stuff before I tore my meniscus because I m- likely would have avoided it. Yeah, it's called the knee rehab program, but it could also be called the knee prehab program, or it could just be called the lower limb epic awesomeness program. <laughs> uh, it, so. it is it is just about strengthening, as Phil said, simplifying things, strengthening the hips, strengthening the knees, strengthening the feet, and it's going to do wonders. And it's a great tool for your toolbox to have there. And for those who don't run. 
for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a great one. Any, any, anyone that wants strong yeah. knees, if you want to do, if you want to be active. Yeah. But we're over time now. We've got to go. We've got to stick to our schedule. All of so. you legends for the UMS Online Coaching, jump over to that group. We'll be there in about a minute. For those who don't know what it is, it's the online coaching call. We do video analysis. We give real nitty-gritty feedback. It's great. If you're not on it, get on it. Get, get on, on it. it. Big shout out to everyone on YouTube. Big shout out to everyone on the podcast. Much love to everyone on the UMS Movement Mastermind private Facebook group. Thanks for tuning in this week. It's been a good one. We've enjoyed this series. And we are officially well over 3,000 members, 3,074. Yeah. Woo. All right. <laughs> See, See you, guys. Everyone. Have a great weekend. Sorry. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.